Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Life's Uncertain Journeys Blog Talk Radio broadcast for Tuesday, August the 13th, 2019. I am your host, Nadine Davis, and I'm happy to have you join me tonight. I'm broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina. And by the grace of God, this broadcast is being heard all over the United States and in five foreign countries. Tonight, we are continuing our conversation from last week entitled, Discerning the Signs of Our Times. I would like to welcome those of you that may be listening for the first time. Uh, This broadcast was actually born out of a book that I wrote entitled Life's Uncertain Journey, One Woman's Battle for Her Sanity, Her Marriage, and Her Family. I was inspired by the Lord to write this book specifically to share my testimony. Um, It was then confirmed over and over again by those that I would sometimes minister to or I'd be able to share my testimony with them. And time and time again, people would say to me, Ms. Nadine, you need to write a book and share your testimony. The unfortunate thing was I was disobedient. Um, Actually, I did not see myself as a writer and much less as an author. You know, it just wasn't something that I figured that I could do not even taking into consideration that God could enable me to do such things, but I just didn't want to embarrass myself trying, so I didn't. So um, I drug my feet for almost 25 years, and it was not until I moved here to Charlotte, North Carolina, that the Lord gave me a stern warning that I needed to do what he'd asked me to do. And it was a testimony of one more woman. She was a woman that I hardly knew, but God used her to kind of shake me up and remind me of what he had told me. And this woman, even though she didn't know me very well, um, she and her husband had invited me and my husband over to their house, and she fixed us a beautiful dinner. And we was just sitting around talking, and I just, you know, wound up telling her a little bit about my story. And um, as we were leaving, and we, I remember we were standing in the doorway to her home, she put her shoulder, put her hand on my shoulder, and she said, "Miss Nadine, you need to tell your story." And when she said that, I looked her in the eye and I said, you know what? You are going to be the last person to tell me that. And so I went home, I prayed, I repented, and I asked the Lord's help. And by his grace, the book was completed in about eight weeks, maybe nine at the most. It was upon my obedience to do what the Lord had asked me to do that he began to open doors, and this broadcast was one of the doors that he opened. So I know that God called me to this, and I've said it time and time again. I will continue until the day he tells me to stop or he calls me home to use this opportunity, this venue that he's provided to share my story, to encourage others, and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Before I go further tonight, I'm going to um, ask my husband, John Davis, if he would uh, play over our broadcast, uh, pray over our broadcast tonight. Um, I don't know how it is where you are, but it was a bit stormy here, lightning and thundering and all that kind of a thing. And I came up old school. You know, they said when the Lord is doing his work, you be still. And so I don't like, uh, you know, uh, turn, turning on any kind of electronics. I usually turn the lights off. I turn the TV off. I know my husband would laugh at me. But, yeah, I would do all of that. 
So um, anyway, I'm going to ask him if he would cover us in prayer tonight. Are you there, dear? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Great. Excuse me for a little bit of background. I know I've got my granddaughter down here, as you know, and so but people are listening right. might not know. So I apologize for that. But, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, dear Father Heaven, for what you're doing thank in this you. ministry, Lord. It's your ministry, Lord. We thank you, dear Father Heaven, for uh, allowing us to share it with others, Lord, to encourage one another, dear Father Heaven. There's no one like you, Lord. We thank you, dear Father Heaven, that you love us enough, Lord, not only brought us through it, dear Father Heaven, but you continue, Lord, to have us to share. And I think your word says, dear Father, by our testimonies that people will come to you. Father, use us mightily. Use this broadcast. Use it, Father, heaven, that you put in us, Lord, to encourage others, Lord, that you will get the honor, the glory, and the praise. And we lift you up in everything we have, Lord, we give unto you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, sweetheart. Yes, um, as I was saying, um, the broadcast um, was birthed so that I could share my story and prayerfully provide strength and encouragement and inspiration to hurting women. Um, My heart's desire is to inspire them not to give up on themselves or the Lord. I want them to know that God loves them and the lies that the enemy may have spoken into their ears are designed to keep them bound to think that there is no way out of their current situation. I want to be here to just encourage them to do not give up. Do not give up on yourself. Do not give up on the Lord. The Lord told me that um, long ago when I was first coming to faith that I had an enemy. Um, When I first came to faith, I, uh, I did believe because of my encounter with God, I believed that he was God. But I didn't have uh, any knowledge of the enemy, of Satan. You know, he was just some fictitious cartoon character kind of a guy that, you know, they show on TV with the red cape and the pitchfork and all that stuff. But I didn't really believe that he was real. But God had to teach me that he is very real. Not only is he very real, but he can cause a lot of damage Uh if you don't know him, if you're not prepared for his shenanigans. And so um, prior to coming to faith in Jesus Christ, the enemy had told me many lies. And one of the lies that he told me was that nobody loved me and I might as well go ahead and kill myself. And uh, the unfortunate thing is that I actually believed him and took him up on it. And I attempted to take my own life. Um, So, Uh, I'm really happy today to be able to share with others that those are the kind of conversations that may have gone on in my head. And I know that when I hear other women and they tell me and talk about some of the things that the enemy is is depositing into their ears, I know what they're talking about because it happened to me. But God had mercy on me, and he showed up in my life. And I want to tell that story. I want women to know that they're not in this world without hope. God provided that hope through his son, Jesus Christ. I was in total darkness. I had no idea that the life that I was living was uh, contrary from what everybody else was doing. As far as I was concerned, that was the way of the world. That was the way it went. That was life, you know. You had to settle for whatever came your way and so forth and so on, all lies. And the thing that made me most angry is the fact that Satan wanted to trick me out of this wonderful future that I have now in Jesus Christ. He wanted to rob me of the plan that God had for my life. And to be honest with you, I probably never would have lived to see my children become Uh, grown men and women, or see the 11 precious grandchildren that God would provide for me. All of that I would have missed. And I and many of you that are listening to this broadcast are witnesses that God created. 
to overcome the enemy and his lies. That's the job of each and every one of us that name the name of Jesus. If we're living these selfish type of lives where everything revolves around us and what we want and all that kind of a thing, you got your ladder up against the wrong house. That's not the place that God desires for you to aspire to. No, we have been called to be the evidence to this world that God is real by surrendering our lives to him. Romans 12 tells us we're supposed to be living sacrifices, that we lay down our lives so that God could live through us. That's what he wants to do. He wants to live through us, but he needs a body to do that through. And if we will just allow him to have complete control of us, he'll do the work. He'll make a way. He makes all the provisions. He's the one that protects us, leads us, and guides us. Everything uh, revolves around him and not us. But the enemy has, for the longest time, since the beginning of time, tricked us into believing that it's all about us. That's what the distraction that he gave Eve in the garden, that it was about her, what she looked, what she wanted, what she wanted to feel, what she wanted to experience. That's what he took her off course. And she accepted that as her reality, but that is not our reality, beloved. God has got a plan and a mission for our lives during the time period that he has us on this planet. And, of course, the enemy wants us to, to not to know what that is because he knows that we do get it. You know, he gets closer to his demise. So he can't have that happening. But the scripture tells us that we are able, those of us who believe the truth, who believe God's word, we are able to overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb, which is Jesus Christ, the blood that has already been offered, and by the word of our testimony. That's the problem. Nobody is sharing their testimony. Everybody's quiet. Nobody, you know, is telling about the goodness of the Lord and what he's done. You'll go to church, and I know they have their, uh, you know, their prayer list that they uh, pass around for people to pray for. But very seldom I would be surprised to see a, a praise list where people are actually praising God for what he has done in their lives. And so that is why Life's Uncertain Journey is on the, the radio. That's why we uh, are here on Blog Talk Radio. The desire is to be able to share this testimony with our listeners, to encourage them to trust God, to not give up on themselves, to not continue to allow the enemy to lie to them and keep them from their divine destiny. That needs to stop. And it will stop the moment you repent. Repent means change your mind. Change your direction because you got it wrong. Like I said, you got your ladder of, of success uh, sitting upside the wrong house. It isn't about us. It's about the purposes of God. It's about the will of God being accomplished in our lives. First John 4, 17, part B says, as Jesus was in this world, so shall we be. That's the plan. Jesus said, I have to leave you all. I told his disciples, I've got to go, with my, go, go to my father. He was ascended up into heaven. But that didn't mean the work was going to stop. No. You know why? Because he was going to use us. He told his disciples, I want you to go over to Jerusalem, and I'm, I want you to wait because my father is going to send you the promise of the Holy Ghost because he is the one that's going to enable you to, to be a witness for me, to bear testimony to who I am, to do great works in my name. He told his disciples, the things that you see me do, greater stuff you're going to do because I'm going to my father. But the enemy has put up a very strong deception that has drawn us away from really walking out this, this life, this kingdom life 
that is ours. The Bible says, I have not seen nor ear heard the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But then it goes on to say, we know it. We know it. Those of us who have given our lives to Christ, we know what he's prepared for us because he reveals it to us through his Holy Spirit. We've seen his mighty hand work in our lives, delivering uh, us, our families, and providing for us. We've got the testimony. Well, the world doesn't know it because we don't tell them. And God is desiring that we would be. He even told in, uh, in Isaiah 43, he tells us, you are my witnesses, says the Lord. I'm the one that chose you. Jesus told his disciples, you didn't choose me. I chose you. That you may go into this world. And, I, you know, oftentimes I hear people uh, make statements about, you know, how to respond to uh, a negative things that people may say to them, you know, that you should just leave them alone or walk away from them or whatever it is like that. No, that ain't written nowhere in the scripture. We are the salt and we are the light. We've got to shine and we have to be that flavor in the world that lets them know that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he is living inside of us. And how we respond to persecution, how we respond to those that are going to speak evil of us, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. Jesus said, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, this is what's going to happen to you. People are going to say all kinds of uh, evil things about you. But he didn't say you go back, you, you know, run from them. No, he says, Father, I don't want you to take them out of the world. They're in the world, but they're not of the world. But I don't want you to take them out of the world. He doesn't want us to run and hide. He doesn't want us to retreat. He wants us to stand fast. He wants us to be the salt and the light. He wants us to live out, walk out what it means to be more than a conqueror. And so this is a means that God has provided me to do that. Uh, for me and my husband to do that, to proclaim the gospel, to share this word, our testimony with as many people that will listen. Um, I forgot to tell you all last week, I was really blessed to discover that we had crossed the 500 listenership mark. Uh, we've got more than 500 people that listen to uh, Life's Uncertain Journey broadcast radio. I mean, they, they you know, they're those who call in, who, who um, I pray, um, are calling in to join the conversation and offer, you know, their wisdom and their revelations as God has given them, you know, to create a dialogue for others to hear as we talk this thing out. But there are myriad numbers of people who are listening via the computers and they can't necessarily be in the conversation, but they're listening. They're listening. So that means the gospel is getting out there to wherever this radio broadcast uh, goes. They're listening. But I thank you for joining me tonight. Um, I just wanted to be able to encourage those that are listening tonight um, that you uh, not give up, that you hold fast, that you trust God in everything and for everything. He's already got things worked out for you. Uh, if, you you know, you've been going in the wrong direction, just turn around. Just, just repent, the Bible says, and like I said, you know, change the way you think. Renew your mind with the word of God. That's what's going to help you to get a better way of thinking. Scripture says, you know, uh, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They don't know the word of God. They can't live it because they don't know it, you know. And then they'll get on the prayer list and they'll give you a moderate number of prayers they want you to pray for them. But they won't lift their hands to do anything to learn more about their father. They won't study the word. They won't read for themselves. They don't take time out. To, to get a relationship with the Lord themselves, and they're cutting themselves short. That's not what God intended for us. He wants us to have, he wants to have a relationship with us. And I think I've mentioned before, you know, you can't have a relationship with somebody you don't talk to. If, if Can you imagine what my marriage would look like if I never spoke to my husband? All I did was get up in the morning and fix him a breakfast and go on about my business. He wouldn't think I loved him at all. And he probably wouldn't stay around very long. Well, beloved, that's how God feels when we tr we don't even take time out to even acknowledge him. We ignore him. 
and that needs to stop. This we need God, especially at this hour. If you're able to discern the time, the signs of the times, you know that we need God now more than ever. And that begins with a relationship. So um, here's what I'd like to do. If there are any listeners on tonight that uh, have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and would like to know more what it is and um, um, how to appropriate God's word in your life, please email us at lifesuncertainjourney at gmail.com, and we would be more than happy to hear from you and to provide some materials to you um, so to help help you along your journey. Um, God does have a plan for your life, but if you're not uh, if you don't know it and if you're not uh, actually seeking uh, God's intervention in your life, it won't happen. Um, for those who may not know, uh, this is a uh, Christian broadcast that is interactive in nature. Uh, we broadcast with the distinct purpose of glorifying God and sharing the gospel and encouraging our listeners to follow Jesus. As I said, our broadcast is interactive in nature because I don't have all the answers. My husband doesn't have all the answers. I have a testimony. However, there are the testimonies of others that are listening on the broadcast that will bring glory to God just like my testimony and also add a, a flavor to this whole idea uh, about what God is able to do in people's lives. And my prayer is that people not be shy and that they will be willing to share and speak up and, and because you don't know whoever may be listening may be uh, the very person need, needing to hear what you have to say. My prayer is always that we will, um, that he will send um, those by the Holy Spirit who are willing to share their gifts, to share their revelations and their encounters with the Lord. Um, so those of us that um, may have interest in reading my book, um, just so you know, it's available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, as well as my website. And my website is uh, www.lifesuncertainjourney.org, and life is with an S, L-I-F-E-S, lifesuncertainjourney.org. So um, before we move on, I'd like to <clears throat> see if our um, any of our <clears throat> co-hosts were able to get on uh, the broadcast tonight. Um, I have been blessed by the Lord to um, have um, sisters that come alongside me. They pray for me. They encourage me. And they also um, help with uh, co-hosting. A life's uncertain journey every week. So, and ladies, if you are on the call tonight, would you please say hello and welcome our listeners? Well, hello, this is Alicia, and I'm glad to be back and hear the voices. Uh, Nadine and John's prayer. I had a great birthday anniversary, <laughs> and I'm glad to be back on the line tonight. Well, we are happy to have you. Good afternoon, Radio Fam. Hi, Radio Family. This is Regina. Glad to be on the line. Hi, Regina. Hi. <laughs> Regina also, um, just to let you all know, um, hosts um Love in Three D. Uh we just had uh celebrated the first anniversary, right? This uh past weekend. And uh we're just so yes. blessed for what God is by what God is doing uh, through that ministry. So, um, thank you. What I what I also like to do is uh, just um, welcome um, some other uh, folks who are on every week. Well, not every week, but whenever they can get on the broadcast, and they too um, have been an encouragement to me. And I always like to acknowledge them uh, on the broadcast. And um, they are my uh, Moms in Prayer sisters. I am a member of Moms in Prayer International. Um, it is a uh, a worldwide ministry. 
of praying mothers who come together to unite and touch and agree in prayer for their children and their schools. And we're about to get started, as a matter of fact, for this season. We only uh, meet during the uh, school calendar school year um, in our different locations, but um, these women are committed prayer warriors. They come together every week for one hour to pray and intercede for, for their children. And um, I just want to welcome you ladies if you're on the broadcast tonight. I also have um, the Keith Family YMCA Positive Mind, Body, and Spirit Family that um, meets every Wednesday here in Charlotte at the Keith Family YMCA. And uh, under the uh, leadership of uh, Brother Jimmy Scott, we have been meeting every week now. I think it's for going on eight years that they've been doing this, and that the group has continued to be consistent and growing and thriving. Uh, we have Elder Gwen Cohen, who has been our uh, our, um, our spiritual leader and our teacher in our Bible study, and uh, we've got um, Helen um, Gardner, uh, who comes to give us tips on our, how to stay healthy and and other ministers and stuff, and I really am thankful for them, uh, for their encouragement as well, and I welcome you to the broadcast tonight. Um, i also like to welcome my Steel Creek Church of Charlotte family. Uh, we have three campuses here in Charlotte, and my lead pastor, our lead pastor is Pastor Kelvin Smith, and he is at the Arrowwood site of campus. Uh, we have another campus in Barrowwick, um, and we have one here in um on in Eastville. We have an Eastville campus. We also have uh, eight other campuses around the world. So um, I thank you all for joining me tonight as well. Um, and then I have, uh, there are the Women Who Overcome Ministry Team. Uh, they're the group of women that kind of locked arms with me uh, to host the uh, Women Who Overcome Conference uh, that we've got one coming up here in October, uh, Prevailing Prayer Conference and uh, by the way, the registration is open for that if you want to uh, attend. It's going to be a two-day conference. We've got some powerful speakers that are going to be uh, teaching us about the uh, importance and um, the necessity of prayer and how to pray prevailing prayers. And so uh, you can go to my website and register there as well. Finally, um, I'd like to send a shout-out to um, – um, my uh, my friend and uh, partner in the faith, um, Melissa uh, Lopez, who has um, I've watched her life um, here since I I've met her. She attends my church. She's a very very young young and I call her, uh, but uh, I just want to honor her tonight for her. Uh, steadfast faith and trust in God. Um, she has really been dealing with some uh, rather uh, uh, powerful uh, trials, and I uh, have watched her faith grow. I've watched her stand steadfast in the midst of all that's going on around her, holding fast to God's unchanging hand. And uh, I don't know if, uh, Melissa, you're on the call tonight or not, but I just want to thank God for you and uh, for your uh, your faithfulness to stand firm and pray and intercede on behalf of, uh, uh, we pray and intercede on behalf of you and your family that uh, God's going to bring you all right on through. So you just keep standing, darling. Keep standing. So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to go ahead and open up the, uh, the microphones. I'm going to turn them on. I ask that um, those of you who are listening, please remember to keep uh, your phone on mute. Uh, you can do that by hitting star six on your cell phone. And if you're calling from your personal phone at home, um, if you, it, hopefully you'll have a feature on there where you can um, mute your phone. And um, I think I'm getting some background noise now. But uh, I'll try. If I get any background noise, I'll go through and see see if I can't um, mute it from my end. But I ask you all to please mute from your end so that we won't have any any background noise. Um, my husband, along with his co-host Booker Alexander, uh, would like to invite you to their broadcast that they host every Wednesday at seven o'clock. 
entitled New Beginnings. Um, they do a chapter-by-chapter chapter study of the book of Genesis, and they'd love to have you join them. If you're interested, um, all you need to do at 7 o'clock on Wednesday is to pick up your phone and dial 657-383-1624, and you can be a part of their study. That's 657 Um, As I said before, I wanted to remind you, we are hosting the 2019 Prevailing Prayer Conference on October 25th and 26th here in Charlotte. Uh, We've been blessed by um, to um, be hosting it here at um, 11800 Eastfield Road at um, Steel Creek's um, Eastfield Campus. And we'd love to have you join us, so please go to the website and register. Um, so for those of you that may be listening for the first time, I want to give you some instructions. Um, we need to let you know that if you are listening to the broadcast via the Internet, we can't hear you. But if you would like to be a part of the conversation, all you need to do is dial into the call, uh, to the um, broadcast at 929 929- Four seven seven three four two seven. That's nine two nine four seven seven three four two seven. And for those of you who um, have already dialed in, as I asked before, please don't don't forget to mute your phones. However, if you want to be a part of the conversation, you're going to have to remember to unmute yourself. I know I always forget that piece, but. I'll be talking and talking and talking, and nobody can hear me because I forgot to turn, turn my mute uh, button off. But please remember that. And um, if you want to share or if you have a question, please remember um, that you can do that. Uh, as I said before, this is an interactive broadcast, and that means that everybody can participate. So please be encouraged to do that. Uh, when speaking, if you want to share your name, you can, but you don't have to. If you don't want to, that's totally up to you. And um, so we're going to get uh, on with our conversation tonight. As I mentioned to you, as I mentioned to you earlier, um, we are continuing the conversation on discerning the signs of the times. And um, my um, inspiration came from. Uh, the two incidents that we that happened uh, here a few weeks back uh, with the shootings and now that the schools are opening and uh, just all the kinds of things that we've got going on around this world. Um, I know I get a sense that God is trying to tell us something. I don't know if any of you feel the same way, but I wanted us to kind of talk about that tonight, to look at some passages of Scripture um, to kind of help us uh, be aware of what's going on around us. The Lord says he does not want us to be ignorant. Um, by that, I, I know that he's given us his word. His word is rife with plenty of information to help keep us in a form and ahead of the game. Because I'm telling you, the enemy is, he knows that his time is short and he's pulling out all stops. Any kind of deceptive tactics that he's ha- he, he has, he's going to use. But for those of us that name the name of Jesus, we cannot allow him to continue to deceive us, to continue to allow us to sedate us to the degree that we are no use to the kingdom of God. There's more to the call. There's more to who we are. There's more to this gospel that God has uh, had designed for us. And, and, and we got to understand that so that we can appropriate, appropriate uh, the the Um, the plan of God while here on this planet. So um, I'm going to ask this question, and anyone who wants to answer it or anyone who wants to share, by all means, please feel free to do so. Um, And my question is, are you able to discern the signs of our times? And if so, what are you observing? Anyone? What are you? What have you been observing? You know, one amen, of the things amen. that I've observed is um, 
a lot of disrespect from young people. They have yeah. no disrespect okay. for many, many of them have no disrespect for their parents or those and others in authority. Back in the mm-hmm. day, we didn't do that, you know. Uh, if we were even right. going to say a cuss word walking down the street as kids and we saw a adult on the porch or something, we would whisper it. Now it's irrelevant yeah. to them that we're even in their presence within earshot. It's irrelevant. Yes. Yes. That is a very good sign of the times. And, uh, you know, uh, I heard somebody, I don't remember who it was, they were, we were talking about this um, same topic, and they were saying that a lot of what we're seeing in our youth today and even in our world today can possibly be traced back to what the church left out for the gospel message, you know. Uh, and I can't confirm that that's what it is or not, but I know that there's just so much that um, has been um, watered down when it comes to the truth of the gospel, when it comes to uh, proclaiming that gospel to the world to the to the point that now you don't even know what the gospel is. Anyone else? Have you been able to discern one, a sign of our time? One of the things that <clears throat> I discern, Nadine, is the way um, the, the the world presents itself and, and physically, like you know, the ladies with with everything showing and tight clothes and you mm-hmm. know, just just um, loose, for lack of a better word, and um, mm-hmm. you know, everything is about um, self and attention, and you know, in everywhere, like right. uh, technology has such uh, positive effect on us but the negative ones we don't we they're on us before we realize it you know we become addicted to our phones and we want to be everywhere at one time and you know making all of those kind of things um our god you know what i mean right and attention is all all about you know on us Mm -hmm. absolutely and like i was saying earlier on um, that has been the plot all along, even from the very beginning in the garden. The focus was put on taking off God and put on us what we wanted, what we desired. You know what I'm right. saying? And uh, that has the fruit of that has reached dangerous proportions in our day. And I totally agree right. that um, for whatever reason. I know for whatever reason, we know what the reason is, it still continues to keep us away from fulfilling the purpose and call of God. That's the goal. Because the more we get, exactly. uh, the more we get in line with what God is trying to tell us to do, the more we will find that God is, uh, that um, the enemy is being pushed back. But he's got, it's almost like he's got an open door. You know what I mean? Yeah, one of the big things that that I always think about is where in um in you know our country our our um what we put importance on and what we what we give praise to you know entertainers and and um you know basketball players and these kind of professions they get all the money and all the fame and glory and people like teachers and people who mold people and make everybody better and prepare, you know, for God's word, I mean, purpose and will, really don't get any any attention or any respect or that kind of thing. It's just things that make me feel good, you know, not make me good, but things that make me feel good. Amen. Anyone else? Hello? Yes, Nadine. I was out. Hello. I want to say something. Go right ahead. We got time. I was just thinking about. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, can you? Okay. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yes. Okay. I just want to say real quick that uh, society is trying to make the norm um, the uh, marriage to 
of a woman to a woman, a man to a man, the LGB, um, the bi, tri, all kinds of sexual things as the norm. And when you're not mm-hmm. in step with the norm, they're trying to, they will attack you, you know, as something is wrong with you and you're out of line. And so we have to be careful because um, Satan is attacking marriages and marriage is not the norm anymore. You know, different types of marriages, as they want to say. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, the truth of the matter is um, that's the way of the world. I mean, they, they've been given almost a license to do what they want to do because there have not been any restraints, if you know exactly. what I mean. It's like any there's pushback. been nothing. Yeah. Right. There has been really no pushback from the church. There's been no no word from them about righteousness, righteous living or any of those kind of things. Every now and then you'll see somebody standing on a street corner, you know, who's bold enough to speak the truth. But the world is expected to sin, to, to do things like that. They're, they're, they're not guided by the Holy Spirit. So what have we been doing? What, is, what has the church been doing all this time that we the have church has been asleep. Been asleep. Amen. We're, we, we complain. Seem like we seem like we get, in, get on board when things are so far gone. When they first started talking about right. taking prayer out of the school or abortion or whatever it is, we say the church, we, the church has said, seemingly says nothing. And then after it's all in everybody's face and they legalize this and legalize that, then the church seems like they want to wake up. It's, it's, I think it's harder to uh, get a law that's passed uh, to, to be illegal than it is to, uh, you're better off fighting in the beginning. That's what I'm trying to say. Before something is legalized, instead of, it's getting, mm-hmm. instead of it being legal, then you want to fight about it. I have got amen. to say, uh, Go I've got to say, Amen to that, because I've always thought that abortion was legalized in 1973. That became the law of the land, and there mm-hmm. was just a few people fighting. Now, I'm not telling you about something I read about or heard about that. I remember that. I've always mm-hmm. wondered why in the year 1993, when it was announced that abortion was legalized, it stopped me dead in my track and I looked at the radio. I still don't right. know why I was going through a a bad marriage. I was had a lot of issues, wasn't even thick going to church, but that stuck with me. And I can look back on it now, and I can see how little of people, the church was involved. Now, groups like Mm -hmm. James Dotson and Focus on the Family, they filed it legally. And there Mm -hmm. was a few people in California, wherever, with signs, but not the church. The church did nothing. And thank God they have woken up, you know, and I hope it's from a good place, you know, but they didn't step up to the plate on that. I'm I'm telling you Mm -hmm. what I lived through. So, uh, and you know, there's nothing new under the sun. We've always lived in a violent world. You know, we we know the time is coming. (laughs) Christ said it is, if not for his grace, it would have been gone. But uh, every man will have the opportunity to repent. So when I look at yeah. even the end times, I don't even look at it in uh, from America because all that end time stuff is judged by the whole world. You know, world. I know right. this is Amen. where we live. So, of course, we look at that. But we've always mm-hmm. lived in a violence world you know it's just more televised now but Mm -hmm. we still have an obligation to proclaim the gospel 
Amen. Because every God's given every man and the opportunity to hear before he come back, and that's our responsibility. I may not yes, be ma'am. feet on the ground, but I tell you what, this is a sister that does pray for different places, yes. you know, the country and the world. Mm-hmm. So, Amen. thank you. Thanks, Paulette. Thank you so very much. That is so very true. You know, um, there was a conversation I was having with someone and comparing uh, some of the things that were happening in our Savior's Day um, that uh, may mirror some of uh, some of the tension that uh, that our our Savior endured, as well as the disciples and and uh, the church when it was first born. That um, I always questioned, and that was when uh, Nero and um, Caligula and all those guys were running rampant because they were the power of that time. In other words, they were the government, ruling government um, in their day. And, I mean, they were doing horrendous things. I mean, the the same types of things that we see going on in uh, our world uh, are some of the things that were going on with them. I mean, you know, intermarriage and the families and, you know, incest, you name it. All those things were prevalent um, in their day, um, but I, for and you correct me if I'm wrong, please. We're, we're just having a conversation here, but I don't recall there ever being any type of uh, pushback outside of, you know, what was being preached in the church if you know what I mean. So nobody was going up to Rome and shaking their fists at Caligula and telling him, no, you cannot, you know, you cannot marry your sister. You cannot do this. You know, it, of course, John the Baptist got his head cut off for telling what's his face um, about marrying his brother's wife, you know. Um, but he was, as far as I could see, he was the only one I know of that really stood up to uh, the sins that were taking place in the government, and you, you all, please speak up if you know of any other instances where there were opposition um, from the church against the government, the ruling government. No, you know, and I just thought about Sodom and Gomorrah after you said that. You know, there was mm-hmm. only Lot there in that area. Yep. You know, that was righteous. So it's like the whole town or city or whatever country, whatever they were, they were all okay, you know, with the things that were going on. Exactly. Exactly. And I think the scripture described the fact that it was a vexing poor lot soul to death, you know, to have to live in the middle of all that. But he chose to go there for whatever reason. He did. But, (laughs) yep. But, um, you don't see any pushback in the scriptures from him against uh, the government, government, governing forces in that city. Anybody else? And it doesn't mean, you know, like uh, we may not be out there foot soldiers, but it may be people that are praying because, you know, yeah. like in um, uh, Elijah's day, when he thought he was the only prophet, you know, mm-hmm. when he cried and yes. said, God, it's nobody left but me. And God uh, said, I got 7,000 men that have not bowed their knee to Baal. So That's see, right. and we look in what we see, because I know I uh-huh. think, oh, I, I know I'm praying where is everybody there in the house praying like me, you know, so... <laughs> Uh-huh. God, I do believe that he has touched people's heart to pray. You know, you may not see, may not hear. It doesn't have to come from the pulpit. It could come from the house. So. That's right. That's right. Well, not see, only that's pray, that's but another. also hold the standard because 
praying, we know that's that's ultimate, but also holding a standard. And so, you know, not necessarily, you, you, you know, you hear the cliche, love the sinner and hate the sin. And then when you say, well, how do you do that? How does, how does that manifest itself? What does that look like? And sometimes it could look like, okay, I know that you're a sinner, just like Jesus did and had, you know, what he ate dinner with the sinners or the tax collectors or whatever. So I know what you do, but I, I don't condone it, but I love you. So I'm not going to sit there and have an orgy with you or do a homosexual. One of the most modern day examples in my, um, my opinion is someone who um, is sinning and the family embraces the person but don't allow the sin in the presence. So if you're having a gathering, oh, you can't bring, you can't sleep in the bed with your same-sex partner. You can, they, you know, we'll love you, and but you can't do that here. If you're not married, you and your girlfriend can't sleep in that room together. Your girlfriend's welcome to come. She can even stay the night in a separate quarter, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean when I say hold the standard, because in that way you're oh, yeah. saying, you know, that's not, we Absolutely. don't agree with that. We love you, but that's Absolutely. not accepted. That's not God's way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it depends and, on where you are in your growth with Christ, because I can remember back in the day. Now, I was I had salvation, serving the Lord, not wholeheartedly, and plus I was limited in my knowledge, too. But the more you grow in Christ, the more you see and recognize. But I I used to say the same thing, and it's amazing to me that I see how far I have come. So sometimes when I hear <laughs> yeah. things people say, I think, that used to be me. So it depends yeah. on their level of growth that causes them to say that. So as they grow, maybe I'm sure they will see things differently. Because the heart changes, yeah. what we see changes, what we hear changes. Yeah. Exactly. But the seed of the word of God has the ability to make the change up to a heart. You know what I'm saying? But the seed has got to be planted. If we're not planting the seed, you can't expect the crop. And we know the crop won't come up overnight, but just like you said, um, Paulette and I agree, we're at different stages in our development. But you know what? The truth don't change. It's always the same. And so what winds up happening is the Bible, you know, Jesus was talking about the, you know, the, the sower and the seed, that you still have to plant the seed. You still have to tell the truth, you know, in hopes of always. winning some. Some you will, you know, some will get it today. And some may not get it until two, three years down the road. The light bulb will come on, and they'll remember, well, this woman told me this, that, or the other. You know what I'm saying? But um, one other thing I wanted to say about the expectations that we have about the church, and oftentimes we look to the pastor who is preaching as the one who should be changing, who should be the cha helping to change people's lives or point out their sin or call them to repentance and things like that. And see, that's where we are, we're, we're, we're getting it all wrong because that's all of our responsibility. We are all called by Jesus Christ to share his gospel, to teach folks the same thing that he's been teaching us now. Some of us, like you said before, are a little further along than others. So they can only teach them so much. But they still need to teach what little bit they do know. And then God will go, God will, is the one who adds the increase. Some plant, he said, some water. But God's the one who's going to grant, grant the increase. But if nobody's saying nothing, if everybody is silent, nobody is proclaiming any truth except the pastor that's preaching on Sunday morning. And he can't shepherd, he can't shepherd a, 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 a flock of two, 300 people. He can't do it. But the people in the pews, they're not even taught to do it. They think that it's the, the responsibility of the pastor to preach and to save everybody. While I sit and come and go home and live my life, I cook my dinner, raise my family, then I'll come back on Sunday morning and I'll sit in that same pew 
You know what I'm saying? And that's where I believe we, we, we miss it. Nobody's getting involved in other people's lives. We don't have time. We don't even have the inclination to reach out to somebody else and take an hour or two out of my day to take a young lady to the ice cream store and just hear her story and pour truth into her. We ain't got time for that. And that's, I believe, where the breakdown has come because Jesus told us to make disciples, but ain't nobody doing it. Leave, trying to leave it all up to the pastor. Here's a scripture that I wanted to share. Um, it's from Matthew 24, uh, verse 37 through 39. It says, as the days, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, all the way until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them away. So shall also the coming of man, the son of man be. Now, if that is not a descriptor about what it's going to look like on the final day, I don't know what is. People go on with life as usual. They're still partying and banqueting and, you know, rocking and rolling, you know. uh, All those things are still going on in spite of all the signs, all the prevailing signs that we see. It doesn't stop us from continuing to live contrary to God's will. And Jesus said, it's going to be that way right up until the time Christ comes, until the time he comes. Now, I'm not expecting anything other from the world because they just don't know. But when it comes to the body of Christ, if we are, are still living for the weekend, if we are still living for the pleasure of ourselves, the pleasure of our lives, the affirmation of others and all those other kind of things, you know, we're going to be caught right here on this scripture on the day when the Lord shows up, and we're going to be the ones who are standing at the door knocking to come in, and they're going to say, you can't come in because you ain't got no oil. And they're going to say, well, give me some of your oil. And they say, no, you go get your own oil. But you didn't have time. We didn't have time to get no oil because we were too busy enjoying life. We were too busy cruising and having fun and enjoying dinner and all those other things. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with any of those things. But if that is a major part of our lives, then something is wrong. Something is wrong. If I'll take eight hours of a day and spend four hours of that day about me and what I want and what I want to do and what I think I want to be and all that. And I don't have any time to pray. I don't have no time for nobody else. I'm not discipling nobody. Then something's wrong. Something is wrong. So we want to be a part of the solution. We don't want to continue to allow the devil to allure us away from what Jesus told us to do. He says, go and make disciples. Teach them what I taught you. And look, I'll be with you right up until the time I come to do this. So we've only got 60 seconds left. If there's any uh, a short, anybody want to share anything before I pray us out? I just want to thank you all for being on the broadcast tonight. And I Amen. think we want to continue this. Amen. Can I can I say something, sister, before you uh, yes. drop the show? I've been listening the whole time, and I really love the views y'all have. I'll be brief, be brilliant, and I'll be out of your way. My name is Pastor Don Jr., CEO. I will be running for president in 2024, and just hearing y'all views on how the world changed, I do understand. I come from the old school where you had to have a white shirt on, and when you sat down at the table and you had to be in for the street lights, if you got caught stealing in the in the store, you got beat up by your mama and your brother and your cousin and your sister. Yep. So we don't yep. have any values no more because we don't love one another. 
the message I preach as a pastor is faith, love, and hope. Hope that we go ahead and make it, going to make it in. And I, I really appreciate y'all sisters going in the field. And one thing that was illustrated was the seven spirits of God. I don't know how deep y'all are with the Bible, but God is definitely moving constantly. We are his imagination. So, uh, like I said, I've yeah. lived in 40 out of 50 states. I'm running for president in 2024. I really love what y'all are doing here. Uh, I can't fix the world, right. but I, if we start with the biggest office in the world, that's going to run the country. You tell me why 1% control 99% of the yeah, people. Yeah. So we need resources, and that's what's been going well, on. That's what the sign of the time is. When you can come back on the broadcast when you when you got some time to share. But I just want to uh, bless the ladies and all the listeners that are on the call tonight. Thank you so much for joining us, and please uh, join us again next week seven at 7 o'clock. God bless you. Good night, ladies. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.